I know what the Lord laid on my heart, and I'm hoping I can bring this forward to the church today. I'm going to turn your attention to the book of Galatians. This epistle that Paul wrote is a wonderful book. It needs to be read with an understanding if you're just starting to read it and you're new in church. Really need to have somebody walk you through it to understand because it's Bishop said it's very powerful. Paul is writing here to a group of believers that have seasoned and explaining to them some things. And there is just absolute powerful scriptures in here for the believer. So I'm gonna turn your attention to the fourth chapter and verse number four. Lord's going to have to help me today. Are you there? All right, we're going to get our minds off of Reese cups and Tootsie Rolls, fried chicken and Mexican food for the next just half hour, okay? And we're going to focus on, we're, nobody is going to talk about Browns and Steelers game for the next half hour. We're just going to talk about God. You can say I'm saying that in jest, but I'm saying that in reality. Y'all need to bring your mind right now of everything else we've done. Thank you, those that are giving and continue to give. You won't bother me one bit if you want to bless the missionary while I'm speaking. It will not bother me whatsoever. But we need to get our mind focused. So I'll ask you today if we can keep our going in and out to the minimum. Keep our mind, the, the more attention that you paid to God's word today, the shorter I promise you that I'll do my best to be. Hopefully. But when the fullness of the time, when the fullness of the time was come, I'm going to read that again. He doesn't say when the fullness of time came. Or when the fullness of time will come, when the fullness of time was come, it means it happened. God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. Paul here is talking about sonship. He's talking about the revelation of Christ, speaking of sonship and maturity. And as long as you don't have maturity in Christ, you are no more than a servant. A servant has to have rules and regulations and has to have things to keep them in, in servitude to the master but when you are not but you're a son to Christ you know this is what is expected of you and you don't have to have if you have rules and you also have things that if you break the rules that also have penalties but when you're a son to God there are no penalties you just serve you do because you are in a relationship and you just love him and when you're mature you don't worry about the, the, what is expected of me as a son I just become the son I become the servant I become that person to God I don't need rules and regulations I don't have to worry about penalties I'm just walking with Christ because I love him so we're going to talk today about when the fullness of the time has come Lord, we thank you today for this wonderful moment that we have to come into your presence, into your house with people of like faith to worship, 
and lift up your name. We ask you today, God, to bless the remainder of this service. We thank you, God, for everything that has happened today. We thank you, Lord God, for bringing this fine couple to us today. Thank you, Lord God, for all those that are able to bless them today. But God, we ask those that are here today that need to hear this word from you. Let your servant speak it with godly authority under anointing. And let folks receive it today. In your precious name, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you're going to love the Lord and be behind the pastor, put your hands together. Amen. And if you love the Lord, you may be seated. Brother Radovan, I have yet to catch one person that doesn't love the Lord that remains standing when I say that. One of these days. One of the plagues of the North American church is that our church folks stay in spiritual infancy. We never grow from where we are to where God wants us to go. And it seems like we just stay stuck in the same season of life when we came in and we never go any further with Christ. Now, if you're a guest here today, we sure love you. I'm about one of the humblest men you'll ever meet, but I'm also one of the nicest guys. My humility allows me to say that. I am not a mean preacher. I hope not. But there'll be some things that I say today that could come across as a little bit arrogant or a little bit pastor's mad, mean. That's not me at all. Today's a good day. And so I'm going to be good in it. But some of us are still babies in Christ, even though we've been living for him for many years. Because we don't want to go any further than just the feeling that we once felt at an altar somewhere. We don't want to go ever any further than that, that time that we cried a little bit at an altar. Or all we ever want to do is just dance and cry. That's it. Don't ask me of anything else. Don't ask me to labor with Christ. Don't ask me to witness in Christ. Just let me stay right here where I'm at and everything's going to be okay. Some of y'all have told me this. Pastor, I don't want to do anything else than just sit right here and do what I'm doing. You are a baby in Christ. But I've been serving God for 20 years. You're a 20-year-old baby. Because God never called us into this thing to stay exactly where we are right now. God called us to go further into him. There are gifts and callings that are waiting on us if we would ever have enough courage to stand up and walk with God to where he wants to lead us and take us. But we are just too stubborn and we're just going to stay right where we're at but God's got something greater in store for somebody if they get up and just walk with him. You need to take the pacifier out of your mouth and stop all the baby talk. You don't want pastor to preach stuff like this to you. But you need to hear this. You need to, oh, pastor didn't visit me, pastor didn't shake my hand, I'm going to get offended. The Bible says that a righteous man is not easily offended. And if you are saved and delivered and you get easily offended by these things, you better check your righteousness. Well, let me just stay right there. Don't talk to me about holiness if you're easily offended about what's not done. Because God can come extremely offended by the things that you've not done. So what's good for one is good for the other. But be enough maturity to say that God wants to take me somewhere else. I'm willing to go. Come on. 
We need to stop all the gabagad. Be so clean and nice and, and clean to me, preacher, when you preach to me. I need somebody to preach to me something that's going to stir my soul, that's going to get a hold of me. Step on my toes. Tell me what's wrong. Why? I don't want to stay right here. I want to go further. Time is a really crazy thing. Time really came into existence in man's mentality and we became aware of time at the fall of man in the garden. Time was in existence because time started when, when the earth began to rotate. We understand all of those things, how time is. and We, we measure time by the rotations and, and, and moon phases and all that stuff. I'm not getting into all that science stuff today. But time is a very crazy thing, and the scripture talks about time. Let me give you just a little bit of study about time. Time is really just a linear line, the horizontal line. It began, yet it has no ending. But there is time separated in different parts. There is the temporal time, which is here on earth. The only thing that can stop time is death. But in reality... Time still doesn't go on because then we live in eternity, which is another measure of time. So time continues on. As much as you want to, you can't stop time. We've told our grandson multiple times, this is it. You're not getting any older than this right here. Stop. But as much as we want to, we can't. Nobody can stop time. You can't stop time. You can't halt time. You can't slow down time. You can't go back in time, no matter what they say. You can't fast forward in time. Time is constantly, continually moving. It's going to go and it's not going to stop for nobody. And in scripture we find three different words that's used for, the, for time. We've had chronos, which means years. And keros, which is due season or specific season. Or aeon is where we get the word age, which is a particular uh, age of men. And when the book of Hebrews begins to talk about time, and we go back in a linear of time, and we talk about the, uh, the fathers of faith, and we begin to go down through time, and we begin to talk about uh, uh, Noah and, and, and Abraham, and we begin to talk about Jacob and Isaac, and we go down through all of these, we call them the heroes of faith and Hebrews. We know that the Bible speaks about uh, Hebrews. It talks about we know that the worlds were framed. And the word for worlds there is not just uh, speaking about cosmos. It, it, it's cosmic, but it's speaking about ages. So we know that the ages were framed. So when you have a horizontal line about time, and time cannot be stopped, and time cannot be changed, God brings intersections, or we can call them seasons, that God places that are vertical lines in the midst of time that we are going through. And we call them seasons. And there'll be seasons that you will go through in your life. You'll go through puberty. You'll go through the awkward stages. You'll go through your marriage season. You'll go through your ups and your downs. You'll go through all things. But they have a beginning and they have an ending. Seasons are just a portion of time that we go through on this crazy line of time from here to there. Some of y'all. Pastor just gave us a whole big bunch. But seasons of our life, seasons, some are good seasons, some are bad seasons, some are droughts, some are some of those that are so plenteous we don't know what we're going to do with all the blessings. But no matter which way we go, we have a time that there's just seasons. 
I wish I had the time. We might talk about this on a Wednesday night about uh, Jacob with the staircase that goes up in heaven and there was angels coming up and down. But those staircases had a side and a side and you, you had a, a certain place that you could go this way and that way. But one uh, uh, teacher said it was like glory, glory that went from step to step to step and you went from glory to glory to glory. But when you got to the top, it was the glorification of Christ. But it was just a season. Hear me. Just a season. Everybody in here today is going to go through them. You're going to have times and seasons that you're going to go through. Things that you're going to have to deal with. Things that are hard. Sometimes you're going to look back at the season and you're going to say, if I hadn't made this decision or that decision, I would not have to go through this season of life. But let me explain it to you again. Seasons have a beginning and seasons have an end. One old preacher said it like this. I like apples. Anybody in here else like apples? I like apples. But apples, if you go in, in, uh, in June or, or May or somewhere like that and want to get an apple at an orchard, you're out of luck. They're not going to be any good if there's any even there. Puny, tiny, small. If you go in November, December to get you an apple at an orchard, you're going to find fruit, but it's going to be rotted and bad. Because an apple has a certain time of year that you pick and harvest that apple. And if you go at the wrong time, it's too early. And if you go too late, it's already spoiled. So God has specific times and seasons. In Ohio, we can have all four seasons in a single day. We are the anomaly. You wake up in the morning, it's fall. By the middle of the day, it's spring. Then you have a little bit of summer for like 45 minutes to an hour. And then it's snowing three four inches. you don't like Ohio weather, stick around. The next hour, it'll change. But seasons come. There's a spring season and a summer season and a fall season and a winter season. We know, in spite of all the belly aching, that when winter time comes, it's going to end. We know that when springtime comes, it's going to end. I'm here to preach to somebody today the season that you're going through in your life had a beginning, but it also has an ending. And that what God brought you to, to this place is not for you to stay in, but it's for you to begin, but it's going to have an ending to it. And whenever God puts you in a season of life, there's a reason why God puts you in a season of life. There's a purpose behind it. When the time was come, the time, from the beginning, after the fall, there was a purpose and a time that there would become a Messiah that would be born of a virgin to this world knowing no sin because there was a time. There was a purpose. Come on, somebody. There was a reason for it. It couldn't come too early. It couldn't come too late. There was a specific season that he had to come in for a specific reason that had to be there. I'm here to tell somebody today, you need to thank God for the seasons in your life. Where you're at right now did not come too early. It's not lasted too long. It's just right where God wants you to be. Those prophets of old in the Old Testament, 
they would preach and they would prophesy and they'd preach and they'd prophesy and they'd preach and they'd prophesy. They'd preach and they'd prophesy. And it seems to me as a 50-year-old man that I've heard about the coming of the Lord my entire life, that it could be any day and any time. I remember when I was a kid being scared to death when I couldn't get a hold of mom or dad. I'd call Sister Ann, no answer. It's it, we're all, I'm done. She's gone, it's gone. But as I'm getting to the place now where we're at in this season in our life, I see more than ever that God has us placed right at the ending of this season. You see, as this fluidity of time begins to roll, a prophecy is given. And a prophecy speaks of something to come. But no man knows the time or the season. Nobody knows. They know it's coming because why? They've heard from God. You see, God tells us there's something to coming. There's something about to take place. There's a shaking about to happen because somewhere up above this line, this is what you're going to go through. And you can say it's been a few hundred years that we've been in this season, and it might be. And it should shake some of us when we begin to feel and know that we're right at the end, that this season's going to be over with in this temporal world. Come on, somebody. This temporal world's about to end. It's about to be over. And we've heard the prophets prophesy and prophesy, but we've become prophetically intoxicated and so drunk on it that we've become numb to the fact of what God has told us to the prophets. We've become so lackadaisical and so out of our mind, intoxicated by the prophetic word, that we forgot about the fullness is on the way of the season that we're in. So what do I got to do? I've heard it preaching. I've heard it preached. I've heard it preached. I've heard the prophets continually continue to preach it. Until they've got to that moment where it's no longer just a prophetic word. Let me throw a little oneness in here this morning. John says it like this. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. Now the Greeks were philosophers. And in their philosophy they thought about there were two things. There was a thinker and, and a thought. If you had a thinker, you had a thought. If you had a thought, you had a thinker. You couldn't have one without the other. And so explaining this scripture, they would say that they believed that there was many gods. In reality, you today are just a thought of a god. You're not really in reality. You're just a thought. And the word here used for, for uh, word is actually the word logo. So in the beginning was the Logos, and the Logos was with Logos, and the Logos was Logos. And in their mentality and how they explain this, and the philosophers explain it is that you are just a thought and a process in a God's mind. You're not real. So if you was to bang your... <laughs> I heard an old preacher say this. So if, if, if that was the case, and I would bang my foot up against the bed at night with my toe or step on a Lego, the pain that I feel shooting up in there is not real. And so, essence, the words that I would speak after I did that are not my fault. They're some sidious God that put them in my mind. Not the way that works. 
so John in this began to explain this thing about time and he said that's fine but the logos was made flesh and what it did is it crushed their mentality of the philosophy that it was just in the mind because he just made the logos reality I think I'm a little too deep this morning the logos that was just a thought in the mind and just a philosophy he blew that out of the water and took that whole thing out because he made it a reality People say this whole thing about living for God, this whole thing about serving God, it's just made up in your mind and there's not all this. But there came a point in time and a whole lot of folks in this place's life that that logos became a reality to you at an altar somewhere when God forgave you of your sins and filled you with his spirit and you have no other way to explain away what happened to you except he's real. Somebody give God praise for that today. seasons this time this appointed time you got to be careful about seasons that you're in because we can become very lackadaisical in our thought process of seasons because the enemy doesn't care whether your season comes early or late he does, what, he, what he doesn't want is for you to get to the place where, where time has intersected your season and you've missed it because you've been gawking at other things going on. He doesn't care if you're late for your season or early for your season, but what he wants you to do is completely miss it because you're too busy focusing on other things going on around your world. That you miss what God wants you to do. The blessings of God are going to come. And they're going to go. Our job is to grab a hold of as much of them as we can. When we're in a season of blessings. You can't be in the spirit of warfare all the time. Angels, they carry a few things. And two of the things that they carry is a sword and a sickle. And if we're all the time in spiritual warfare on our face, praying against the enemy, we're going to miss when the angel shows up with the sickle to bring a time of harvest to the church. It isn't always about spiritual warfare. Sometimes it's just thanking God for the process of the blessing. The season that we're in. And the enemy wants us to get so wrapped up in the issues of life that we forget that there's a time that God has us to be blessed. season there is something that's supposed to happen something Carson you, you and LT come here come up here that's, that's one of the benefits of being tall and sitting up in the front come on come on hurry up yeah come up here come up here where people can see you you're short okay so what I need Patrick, come here, you help me too. In Acts, the first chapter, stand right here next to me. Now what I need you two fine young gentlemen to do is take your hands out of your pockets. Come on now, don't be nervous. That's fine. I need you to look up as high as you can look up 
and open up your mouth as much as you can open up your mouth and just be surprised. And stay there like that until I tell you otherwise. <laughs> Do a good job. Thank you. <laughs> Act like you have a girlfriend up there and she's real pretty. <laughs> be surprised. And you, you're going to help me. You're going to be an angel. Okay? And they came to him. And they, they walked up beside him. You ever have somebody do that? They look up at something like, or you ever do this to somebody? I have. Just in a group of people, and you just start looking up like this. And then you see everybody else start to look up. They walk up to these angels, walk up to them like this, and they, they go like this. They go, why are you guys staying around here gazing at me? Well, the Lord just told us that we're going to receive the Holy Ghost and power, and we're going to be witnesses of them in all these places, in the uttermost part of the world. And they sat there, and they began to sit there, and they began to gaze. And this is my, my story. This is, scripture doesn't tell us. I'm embellishing just a little bit here. And the one angel looks at the other and goes, stupid. Hey, guys, uh, while you're looking up there, did Jesus, where did he tell you that this was all going to take place? He said it's going to happen in Jerusalem. Then why tarry you here? This is not Jerusalem. And here's what God is telling us. These things come in times and in places and in seasons. And we get too busy gawking about what God did last year in last service or a camp meeting or NAYC or a prayer meeting or a special service. And we sit here gawking at what God did yesterday, forgetting about what God prophesied and told us what's going to happen. And we stay right there in the midst of that blessing and we miss what God wanted to do for us in a certain season, at a certain time. Don't be these fellas sitting there gawking about what happened yesterday because the seasons change. And if God said he's going to bring a blessing to you in a certain season at a certain place, don't you sit where you're at waiting for that to happen. Go! Thanks, guys. Thank you, thank you. Go! Get yourself in prayer. Get your mind right. There is a season coming to you. Why sit here and tarry? Why sit here and wait? Why sit here and linger? There's a blessing coming for you. There's a season coming for you. There's a time coming for you. Stop gawking at yesterday and look forward to what God has in store for you. Seasons might be tight. Seasons might be long. There might be a gap between one season to another season where there's nothing. But if I'm always looking back at yesterday at what could have been, if I'm always looking back at faults and failures that I did yesterday, if I'm always looking back at the stupidity and the ignorance that I did yesterday, that I'll never be looking forward and looking for the next season of my life. What we need to be praying today is, God, where's my next season coming from? God, when's my next time? God, where's my next place? said at the beginning of this message, I said, I'm not a mean guy. And really, in reality, neither is God. He loves us enough that he came and endured so many things that we might have life and live life more abundantly. That's enough for me to get up and thank God that he could love me. But we all know that there are times that we have to learn. We learn through adversity. We learn through uh, uh, People showing us how to do things. We learn sometimes by watching. 
But if we're always in a mess of yesterday, our seasons are going to knock us in the back of the head and we'll never see where we're at. How many missionaries have lost the season of calling because you were too busy gawking at what happened yesterday? Why are you here gazing? Well, God, when's it going to happen for me? In your low-down self, low self-esteem and low self-pity, you've missed out on the season of God. I wonder how many relationships have passed you by while you've had your head hung low that nobody likes you. I wonder how many financial blessings have been there in the season that we've gone through that could have been there, but we were too busy counting the holes in our pockets. And why would God hurt me like this? I wonder how many seasons of an altar call have taken place when I've been in a service and the Spirit of God has been moving, but we've allowed our, our shame or we have allowed our past or we've allowed our present or we allowed what could be in the future to keep us from ever having a season of revelation and a season of blessing. They've passed us by. We could have plucked the blessing off the tree and took a bite. And like, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. But preacher, you told me about times that are going to come that are not going to be good seasons. And God brings the seasons. And as I'm riding this wave that's going through of time, I might go through some bad and some good. I don't understand how good God is until I go through seasons when I'm desperate enough that I can't hear Him. And in those times of silence and those seasons that I feel like I'm all on my own, when I get to the other side and see that it was only God that brought me through that season, that I love Him even the more. Go away on vacation. Go away for a meeting. Go away from a time from your loved one, your spouse, those children that you adore. And when you get back, there is going to be hugs and kisses abounding. Why? Because that time apart drew you closer together. Times, seasons. Time is the vehicle that moves us from season to season in this life. All things, the Bible says, work together for the good. Another word there could be used as all the seasons work together for the good. I don't think that this is just a sermon today, but if I could just say it, I feel like it's a, it's a little bit of a prophetic word. I don't say that lightly, you know that. Feel like this issue, this problem, or this portion of life, of time that we're in at this moment and that we're floating through on this right of life is a permanent stasis of where we'll always be, and that's a lie from the devil. And he can get you to stay there and gawk at what you're going through right now and feeling like this is the way it's always going to be. But I'm here to tell you that it's only a measure of time, it's only a season. And as much as the season had a beginning, it'll also have an ending. Because all things, all seasons work together for the good. So preachers, 
What are we supposed to do when we preach and God does not bless? We keep on preaching. What do we do when God's not come back yet? What do we do? We keep on preaching. But preacher, where is it? We ain't seen it. You keep preaching it. What are we supposed to do? Keep on preaching it. Because sooner or later, this car of time on this journey is going to bring us to the prophecy that God said. That's the key. God said there will be the time. The time. But when the fullness of the time. There's already an appointed season. There's already an appointed moment. And if we stay true. And we preach it. And we teach it. And we show it. And we live it. There will come prophecies fulfilled. I was reminded by a very dear preacher friend from here of a prophecy given. Didn't know I was dealing with this message and putting this together of a prophecy that was told maybe six years ago, seven years ago to me by two men at two separate times of the same service that didn't know the one said it and the other said it and told us, told it to me very bluntly, very men that I trust their word when they speak and listen. Big prophecy. And I sit and I wonder how in the world is it going to happen? Gawking. We've never done that. We've never been that. I don't know how we could do that. I, and myself, am I enough to do this? And I gawked at what could not have been instead of relished in what could have been and what will be as I stay on the timeline. What I'm preaching to you today is you have a choice. You can either engage and take advantage of the season that God has placed us in in this time. You can embrace it and you can love it and you can say, I I'm going to take full advantage of where I'm at right now or you can miss out completely on the blessing. Seasons come and seasons go. Every great man in the scripture received, a, when, they, when they stepped out in faith and they did something great, they didn't have somebody preaching to them 24-7 and beating down their head, this was going to happen, this was going to happen. No, Noah, go, build an ark. Abraham, get up and go. Moses, lead them. And they did. Now they had to go through a whole lot of pain. They had to go through a whole lot of struggle. They had to go through a whole lot of things. You think it was easy building an ark? You think it was easy looking in the face of Pharaoh? Do you think it was easy looking at your family and loved ones and say, I'm going to some strange land from some strange God that gave me some strange word? Faith engages seasons. And when we have faith, in our walk, and in our talk, in our vision. And we just continue to preach it till it comes. That's what keeps us sensitive to the seasons. There is going to be a time where this church has a choice to make. We could continue like we're going and having two or three services on Sunday to accommodate the people. Or we can build again. 
there'll come a time when you're going to have to to really get here early to have a seat to sit in. And some would say, we've heard that over and over and over again. Seasons of your doubt will go. Be mindful that you're not a stumbling block in the place of time that would hinder somebody else from reaching their season because God's got a way of hoeing the road clear of all of the stumps and the road. Because there's been a prophecy given. There's been a word given. There's going to be some arcs built. There's going to be some Pharaoh's face. There's going to be some things that take place. And we're going to keep on preaching. We're going to keep on prophesying. We're going to keep on believing. We're going to keep on praying. We're going to keep on going forward. Looking for when that season comes. And when it comes, we're going to labor like we've never labored before. Because at the end, the harvest is going to be more than we've ever seen. Stand with me this morning, please. Stand with me, please, please, please. Don't be the one to waste the season. Don't be the one that says, I'm just going to sit back and let somebody else do the work. I just want to stay right where I'm at, sit on my pew, go through my motions. No, I, I want to come out to Saturday morning prayer at 8 o'clock. We had a powerful prayer meeting yesterday. Pastor, I, I want to I redeem the season that I'm in, and I, I want to teach Bible studies, and I want to reach folks, and I, I want to do these things, and I want to reach out to prodigals, and I, I, I want to grow these things. What can I do? I want to redeem the season that I'm in. Because I don't want to get years down in this line of time and look back and think of what could have been. What should have been, what might have been, if I would have just redeemed the season. Because there'll be a time where time ends, either by death or by rapture. And this temporal time that we're in will be no more. And only those that have redeemed the time and seasons that they were in on this earth will make it to the next part in heavenly places. Now, hold on a second, let me explain. Time is not going to stop. And whether it's temporal or eternal, it's going to continue to go. But you have a choice, because when you get to the temporal and it's over, the timeline begins to then change. One goes to heavenly places, and one goes to non-heavenly places. And your season then will change from where it begins and where it ends. And the season will change for eternity. You'll be in one place or another because of the season that you were in today, in the temporal. Then that season in the eternal will then change of the decision of how you did not waste or how you wasted the time that you had in the season where you're here on this earth. And when that season is over and time as we know it in this temporal is no more. The only thing that you'll have is where you spend the rest of your time. Here, you have a choice of season which way you want to go, which way you want to go, which way you want to take. You have a season that you can live for God or not live for God. That's your choice. You can relish in His blessings, you can relish in His hands, or you can fight against it and kick against the pricks, whatever you want to do. But there'll come that place and that season that you'll have no more choice of where you live and where you go and what you do.
Now you have a freedom of what season you take and what season you let go. But there'll come a time when you, ah, God, when you've got to make that decision of where you're going to go. I think there's people today here in this place that have a decision of what season they want to be in in their life. What may I lose? What might I gain? What may be cut away? It, that, that's, that's not the point because as much as we prophesy and we talk about it and we keep going on, there's going to become a time where time in the temporal is going to stop and the season for eternity comes in place. And the decision that you make today will affect where you are that way. And no man knows the time or the season where the Son of Man shall come and return for his bride. Today could be the day. Tomorrow could be the day. A year from now could be the day. That's not the point. The point is while I'm here today and the preaching's going forth and the sermon is here today and the season of repentance is here today, I need to take advantage of where I'm at in the time of where I'm at today. But I may lose out where I'm going to be for eternity. So I asked today, I asked today, anybody that would like to just say, in this season of life of repentance, when God is calling and God is moving, and His presence is here and His Spirit is speaking, and these things are going on, yes, Pastor, I want to make a decision in my life to come down and pray and make myself ready and right with God. And I open up this place of prayer.